you so much. Thank you so much. Isn't God good to us? Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for the uh, awesome ministry on this past Sunday. Why don't you give Evangelist Warren a hand? Hallelujah. My wife and I got a chance to watch that on Monday night, I think it was. And we were just, wow, sitting in this, man, shots fired, shots fired. <laughs> we'll use your term, Pastor Caleb. Shots fired. But it was good, man. It was good. And I'm so grateful for uh, his ministry. And thank God for those who uh, got born again and baptized on Sunday. Amen. Praise God. I believe it was four individuals who got uh, saved, or got baptized on Sunday, amen, and uh, some rededicated, some got born again, and so that's a big thing. We're happy, extremely happy about that, amen, and uh, I know uh, Shay, right, and is it Marquise? Marquise, amen, our son, amen, and then Brother Marcus, and also Brother uh, Nathaniel Robinson, they all got baptized on Sunday, so that's a big thing I have about that, and uh, from what I saw, it looked like uh, Brother Marcus and Shay, y'all joined the church online too on Sunday night, amen, so why don't y'all welcome them with a big hand to our family. Come on, let them know you really appreciate having them as part of our family tonight. Praise God, look forward to the great things that God has in store for you, amen. All right, well praise God, let's open our Bibles very quickly please to the book of Acts, please, Acts chapter 8. Acts in chapter 8. Hallelujah. Thank you to the praise and worship team for ministering tonight. Come on, give them a big hand. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Powerful. Praise God. Acts chapter 8. I'm going to read from verse 5 through verse 13. As my, one of my preaching Padres would say verse 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13. <laughs> Praise God. Are you there? Okay, if you have that, let's read together. Ready, read. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes heeded with one accord, sorry, one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Tonight I want to minister. I'm, I'm in this series so long, unhooking the, from the natural, uh, but kind of in a different vein of that tonight. I'm going to talk on the subject, I am not impressed. I am not impressed. 
I'm not impressed. Father, thank you so much tonight for the word of God that we're about to receive. I pray that, God, you give me divine utterance to minister your word tonight. I thank you that revelation flows freely in this place and that, God, you accompany the word with signs following. I pray that, God, each person has ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive that which you will speak tonight. And I pray, Father, that the atmosphere is set, Lord, for the word of God to flow freely and be glorified in this place. Have your way, and we will give you all the praise, glory, and honor. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. All right, you may take your seats tonight. I am not impressed. I am not impressed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, the devil is after your mind. Did you hear what I said? The devil is after your mind. Tell your neighbor, the devil is after your mind. Tell somebody else, the devil is after your mind. Now, the whole world, listen to me, the whole world is in his cult. Listen to me. The whole world is in his cult, which means he controls the culture. That's where the word culture is about, it's a group of people who have the same mindset. All right? A cult is people who have the same mindset. Culture is a lifestyle that's lived out of the people who have the same mindset. So that's why you and I live counter-culture lives. We don't follow the culture of this world because the whole world is in the devil's cult, which means he controls the culture. There's a scripture I want you to just put on the screen for us, Revelation 12, Revelation 12 verse 9. I've, I've used this scripture before you before, but for those who have never read it, it says here, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called who? The devil, the devil and just so we know who it is, who does what? How much of the world? He does what now? The whole world. He deceives the whole world. So when people are not born again, they are deceived. So when you talk to your friends, cousins, neighbors, loved ones, coworkers, and they don't see what you see, don't understand what you, what you understand, it's because they're deceived. And they think you're crazy for being in a church. They accuse you of being in a cult. But the Bible says that the devil called Satan, uh, he deceives the whole world. Now let's look at another scripture, please. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19. 1 John 5 and verse 19. Because there are two things that we know here. Two things we know. One, it says we know that we are of God. How many of y'all know that? How many of y'all know you are of God? Put your hands high in the air. All right, so we know that we are of God. That's important. It says we. I'm going to just throw this in on the side. I'm going to take 30 seconds to do it. We is important. We, the word we is weave throughout 1 John. So for all the grace people who say that 1 John chapter 2 and 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 doesn't apply to us, it says if we confess our sins. It's the same we that's here in chapter 5. So for the people who want to say that we don't have to repent, we don't have to confess our sins, that's not for us, that's for the world. Make sure my mic's charged up, my battery's charged up. So it's the same we here in chapter 5 as it is in chapter 1. Y'all got this here? All right, so, so 
the, it says the whole world lies under the sway. That word sway means influence or control of the wicked one. So they're all bound like that, right? So Romans 12, 2 tells us then to not be conformed to this world, right? But be transformed by what? So for you to not conform, you must have your mind renewed. So the world has a same mindset. The devil controls the world by their minds. They're under mind control. Y'all don't like that. <laughs> the world is under mind control. See, the world thinks that they have control, but they don't understand they are being controlled like little puppets. They think, oh, we have, I have liberty. I'm free. They're not free. They're, they're bound. They're being controlled by the evil forces of hell. Are y'all getting this tonight? So they are bound. They are bound by wickedness. They are bound by evil. They are bound, and Satan's controlling their minds. So you and I, in order to not have our minds controlled, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Now, that's very important. Very important because you and I all, everybody in here, for the most part, you, we're saved. We're born again. But how many of you know that the Bible talks about in James chapter 1, right around verse 22, somewhere about um, uh, receiving the, the implanted word of God, which is able to save your soul, your soul which has your mind, will, and emotions. So even though you're born again, even though your spirit is born again, your soul needs to be saved. Your mind needs to be renewed. And our minds are renewed by the word of God, yielding to the spirit of God, living by the word of God. Are y'all hearing me tonight? So we are walking in this newness of life, and we have a whole new mindset that we're walking in by the spirit of the living God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on. Let me get this right mic on here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now go to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, verse 5 through 8. Yep. Romans 8, 5 through 8. Hallelujah. Look at what it says. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds. Y'all got it? Everybody see it? Set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit implied set their minds on the things of the spirit. Y'all know this scripture, right? Don't act like you already know it. Okay, let's pretend like we never read it. Okay, verse 6, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is what? Death, but to be spiritually minded. Okay, so if your mind is never renewed, then you are still carnally minded. Even though you're born again. Hallelujah. I better take my time because I probably won't finish, so I might as well take my time. So to be carnally minded, even though you're born again, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So you can be born again and still be carnally minded. That's why Paul in 1 Corinthians 2 says, I could not speak to you as to spiritual, but as to carnal. He was talking to the, the church of Corinth, born again people, saying, you're not spiritual, you're still carnal. 
even though your spirit, you're born again, you have not renewed your mind yet to become spiritually minded. And if you're not spiritually minded, you are still carnally minded. All right? Go back to Romans chapter 8. Come on, give give me Romans chapter 8. I don't mean to go all those other scriptures. Y'all just follow me. Romans 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Verse 7, verse 7. Because the carnal mind, I'm talking about born again people. Because the carnal mind is still enmity or at war, at battle, at hatred is really what it means, against God. So you can be saved and still have a mind that is against God. Think about a lot of the cousins and a lot of the folk you follow on Facebook. A lot of the folk you follow on Twitter, and you wonder, how do they post that? Because they're still carnally minded. How you in one, one hand, got you got your, script, your daily scripture posted, the next moment you're cussing. Because you're still carnally minded. For it is not the carnal mind, it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So the car, even though your spirit man is born again, your carnal mind is not subject to God. And it can't be. It's impossible. Verse 8, so then those who are in the flesh, carnally minded, cannot please God. All I want to hear him say is, well done, good and faithful servant. But you can't, you're not going to hear that if you still have a carnal mindset. Now, listen to me very carefully. This is, this is very important. The devil, there's <laughs> um, a song we, we sing around the house. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. Okay. So the devil lost you when you got born again. But he's okay with that as long as you stay carnally minded. Y'all better hear what I'm telling you tonight. He's okay with you going to heaven as long as you're carnally minded. Because if you're carnally minded, you can't live like heaven on earth. As long as you're carnally minded, you're no threat to to his kingdom. As long as you're carnally minded, you will not advance the kingdom of God. He'll still say, okay, I lost you. Okay, no problem. Just as long as you don't affect 10 more people. Your, your Christianity isn't infectious. <laughs> you got isolated Christianity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can go and come out of quarantine. Now your, your Christianity ain't going to affect nobody. It's just, it ain't going to affect nobody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because you're carnally minded. So he doesn't mind us being carnally minded because to be carnally minded is death. You will experience no life and peace with a carnal mindset. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Okay? So the devil doesn't mind you coming to church as long as he still controls your mind. He doesn't mind you coming and sitting here on a Wednesday night. Pastor, I came on a Wednesday night. Fine. As long as he still controls your mind when you walk out of here. Okay? 
Now, I'm not here to pick on you. I'm, I'm going to show you something here. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you tonight. I promise Man you. Of God. I promise you. I'm here to help you tonight. Oh, that's so the devil uh, enjoys. Okay. He gets a key. Now, I'm not here to pick on you. I'm, I'm going to show you something here. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you tonight. I promise Man you. Of God. I promise you. I'm here to help you tonight. Oh, that's so the devil uh, enjoys. Okay. He gets a key. Now, I'm not here to pick on you. I'm, I'm going to show you something here. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you tonight. I promise you. Us. He deceives the world, but we're deceiving ourselves when we see the word and don't do it. Y'all missed that. He's deceiving the world, but we deceive ourselves if we hear the word and don't do it. Now that's worse. It's one thing if somebody else deceives you, but it's worse if you deceive yourself. All right? So the devil doesn't mind that. Now that's, that's not even my point here. I, I want to get to something here. The devil, the devil controls through the mind. Everybody say he controls through the mind. Okay, now, how does, well, this is, this is going to help somebody tonight. How does Satan control people's minds? How does he control people's minds? Okay, now, I know we got our deep answers like, you know, and, which are all right. You know, we, he, he brings thoughts and all that kind of stuff. But I want to show you what it looks like. And then how we, how we get out of it. Okay? So, because we're looking from the natural. We got to be supernatural here. So, three ways he controls people's minds. One is by possession. Two, by oppression. And three, by depression. It's got to be one of them impressions. He controls people's minds through possession. Now, let me say this right off the rip. Possession is for sinners. There's no person in here who's born again and you're possessed by devils. Y'all got that? Possession, but there's also oppression and there's also depression. Now, I don't want anybody to raise your hand, but how many of you just by the blink of the eye, you've experienced depression before? <laughs> Did somebody raise their hand anyhow? Praise the Lord. <laughs> the rest of y'all was like. Where there's been, you know, clinical, where there's been, you know, the operative, where you still get along, you function, everything. You know, it's just, or maybe just the rainy days and Mondays always get me down. Just depression, whatever, whatever the, case, the case is, okay? Um, so then every one of us, I guarantee you, if you're walking with Jesus, you have experienced oppression. I guarantee it. If you have not, if you've never experienced oppression, you might not be saved. Tell anybody, I guarantee. <laughs> see, if you've never experienced oppression. Now, see, the thing about it, some, some of you may have experienced it and don't know you've experienced it. But I want to show you tonight that you have, what it looks like, how you get out of it, and how we stay out of it. Because, see, these are the areas the devil uses to control people's minds. For the sinners... They get possessed. All right. Look at Matthew 8, verse 16. Matthew 8, verse 16 real quick. 
It's one verse, so can I just read it off the screen, please? All right, y'all read it with me off the screen. It says this, ready, go. When evening had come, they brought to him who were what? Not many who were, you know, bipolar. It didn't say many who, you know, they had clinical, you know, they were just, you know, schizophrenic. What were they? Notice the word schizophrenia is nowhere in the Bible. And bipolar is nowhere in the Bible. And ADHD is nowhere in the Bible. And PTSD is nowhere in the Bible. No, it's all demon possession. See, what we've done, man has done, is given all these clinical names to it to try to, you know, get you medication when instead of what, what God wants is deliverance. If I had two more amens on this side, I'll be all right. Okay. So demon possession, they were all demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits. Notice he didn't massage them and rub their backs. What did he do? He cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. In fact, most of the sicknesses were caused by the demon possessions. Well, you can just take it to the bank. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So notice here, they were demon possessed. Now, listen to this. Take a picture of it, write it down, or when you get home, take a, whatever you got to do. De- possession, demon possession, happens through open doors to the soul. Write it down, even if it's not for you, it might be for your child. Possession or demonic possession happens through open doors to the soul. The devil cannot touch your spirit. He's a soul creature. The soul realm is his realm. Okay, let me help you. That's why even in, in the secular world, uh, in, the, in the new age world, people uh, get, y'all, y'all wake up. Pe- people get, they have these demonic, uh, there, there's powers that are in the soul. For example, you ever seen people, they, you know, the Bible says, can a man walk on hot coals and not be burned? Does your Bible say that? Can a man walk on hot coals and not be burned? Yeah, and, it's, and you, we know, no, you can't walk on hot coals and not be burned. Yet people will put themselves to the test and get, pull a power in their souls to walk on hot coals and not be burned. How are they doing that? Because the devil works in the realm of the soul. What makes a person bungee jump? The devil works in the realm skydive, jump out of a plane, ain't nothing wrong with the plane, and you jumping out of it. What makes this? You've got to get your soul under control. My apologies to all the paratroopers in the house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But what happens? People overcome in their souls. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Beyonce says, you know she's demon-possessed, right? Y'all know she's demon-possessed, right? She says that the person you see on stage is not her. How many of y'all have heard her interview and say that? The person you see on stage is not her. The Sasha Fierce person that comes out of her she said something takes over her. Not her spirit, it's her soul. And you're letting your kids and listen to music and you got it on your playlist. And, and there's a demon singing to you. 
Pastor, don't mess with my music. That's the devil's music. It's messing with you. And you're opening a door to the enemy. I'm going to just lay it out there. If it's not sacred, it's secular. So anyway, so possession happens through open doors to the soul. The devil enters in through the soul realm in your mind, in your will, and your emotions. And we want to deal particularly in the area of the mind. So th there were many who came to Jesus Christ. They, were, they had demon possession. Now, now, let me show you something here. Let me give you another example here of how they enter in. All right, look at Acts 19, please. Acts 19. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts 19, I'm going to look at verse 11 and 12, and then I'll skip down to verse 18 and 19. Now I, want to sh I want you to see something here because we need to know this. How many of y'all parents here? How many of y'all are parents? Okay, I need us to see something about our children. I need us to see some, see some things about ourselves, see some things about this culture around us that we got to make sure that we, we, we uh, insulate ourselves from the world and don't allow the world to creep in. That's why the Bible talks about us severing ourselves from the world. Come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, says the Lord. See, we, we, still, we still like to play with all the world stuff because, because watch this, I'm, I'm going to throw it out early, because we're impressed. Watch this, uh, Acts 19, verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of who? Oh. Unusual miracles. I like that. So that even so, that means there are some usual miracles. We just believe God for some usual miracles. Come on now. All right. There are unusual miracles. This, watch this. So that even handkerchiefs, read this verse with me. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the who? And the diseases left them and... The evil spirits went out of them. So there are people who had evil spirits in them. So it is possible to be possessed. Now he's preaching and teaching to unsaved people. So they have demon spirits, evil spirits that are in them. And by the power of God, uh, God worked through Paul and got those evil spirits out of them. If you are a sinner, you need not only to be saved, but most, most likely you need to be delivered. Okay, I'm going to say this, Lord, help, help me. There are some people who get saved and never, ever got delivered. Got born again and still have a demonic force working on them that they never relinquished. They never, never renounced that demonic force that was working in their lives and wonder why they've been saved 10 years and they're still angry. I mean, they're still just, just angry. Saved 15 years and still lustful. Because you got saved but never got delivered. Oh, amen, lights. Well, no, he washed all my sins away. Yes, he did. Jesus told that woman in John chapter 8, go your way and sin no more. Sin no more. But what happens if those demons still have access, if you've not shut those doors off, if you've not reckoned yourself dead to that sin, then it gives the... Oh, I don't want to get to I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I get ahead of you, you don't want to give the, give the devil opportunity to work in your life. Y'all got it? Okay, so spirits went out of them. Okay, go down please to verse 18 and 19. Verse 18 and 19, same chapter. Are y'all listening tonight? Verse 18 and 19, watch this. And many 
who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Now, remember, they earlier we read how they are all getting saved, getting delivered. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Now, go to verse 19, please. Here's a, here's a key verse. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. They counted a value as 50,000 pieces of silver. Okay? Now, the emphasis here is that many of those who have practiced magic, remember what I told you, that possession happens through open doors to the soul. Possession happens through open doors to the soul. Now, we see here the doors that had opened. They were practicing magic. So in that city, demonic possession ran rampant because they were caught up in magic. Oh, boy, I wish I'd get some more amens. Can I get three more amens real quick? Okay. So they were practicing magic. Why, it's just Disney. <laughs> it's just Disney. <laughs> and little Sabrina, the teenage witch, is influencing your child. The little Smurfs. All the little minions, all the little things that we think, hey, hey, it's just, it's just a cartoon, just a cartoon. They're practicing sorcery. And the devil's number one tool is that tube that we stick our kids in front of. Because we don't have time to be bothered and read to them and talk to them and work with them and, you know, so we sit in them in front of a TV. And they're being. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm getting way ahead of myself. The devil's making an impression. He's making an impression. You got it. You're way ahead of me, Pastor Kim. When one meaning of an impression, is, it means to transfer an image. Back in the old days, Deke, before we had the, the uh, machines for the credit cards, they, you go to a place and they take your credit card and put on a little, little metal thing and they run that little piece over it. And what did it do? It got an imprint. It made an impression of your card. It transferred an image from one place to another. That's why the Bible, thank you, Holy Ghost. Whoa. That's why the Bible says that as we stare into this word, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. The more we stare into God's word, we are, we are being, getting an impression of Jesus. But if you stare into the world, if you stare into what the world has, the devil is also transferring his impression. Pastor, why do you always talk about Netflix? Because you're getting an impression. And you think it's just, it's just innocent. It's just TV. It's the latest shows. No, it's the latest, it's the latest vision. When, well, thank you, Holy Ghost. When, when God wanted to make Jacob rich, 
he gave Jacob a dream of a plan. And the plan was, Jacob, have, have all the, 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 the goats and the lambs and whatever you have, put them in front of this uh, certain place and pull back the, the rods. And when they saw something, what they saw affected what they became. So whatever vision they had changed who they were. That's how God transferred the wealth from Laban to Jacob. So what you put in your vision and your child's vision, the devil is using to change who you are. And you think it's just innocent. Pastor, why you always talking about television? Because you're still watching it, Dodo. Stop watching this stuff. Talking about I don't, I don't know why I'm broke. I don't know why I'm sick. I don't know why I don't have no. I don't know. Because you're still watching that stuff that's putting an evil impression on you. Be patient, be gentle, you sweet lips. Be patient, be gentle, you sweet lips. Be patient, be gentle, you sweet lips. Sweet lips. Let me get back to sweet lips. I'm only saying this because I care about you, and the Bible says we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. So stop acting like we're ignorant of his devices. Stop acting like we don't know how he works. I'm telling you how he works. Many of those who have practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. How did the devil get into taking over the whole town? They were practicing magic. Give me the King James on that. Give me the King James. Oh, how many of y'all have heard the phrase, curiosity kills the cat? Look at what it says in 1919. And many of them also which used curious arts. Brought their books together, practicing magic, used curious arts. Notice how the devil works in the arts arena. Oh, nothing wrong with that. It's just artistic expression. No, art is designed to pique your curiosity. What is that? at that. Oh, look at that. That's abstract art. You got to really, really focus on that. What does your mind tell you it is? Y'all better hear this prophet tonight. I said you better hear this prophet tonight. I'm warning you. They were engaged in curious arts. Now, what's interesting is that when you look up that phrase curious arts in the Greek, it's the same word we derive in the King James busybodies. It's the exact same word. That word is only used twice in the whole Bible. Here, curious arts and busybodies. Tell your neighbor, tell, stay your tail home. Stop getting all off into other people's business. Just because folk posted don't mean you got to read it. I said just because folk posted don't mean you have to read it. You don't need to follow everybody. 
You don't need to be a fan and a friend of everybody. You following and liking. Why? Because you're curious. You're impressed. And you've opened the door to devils. Curious arts. Curious arts. Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know why I'm sick. I don't know why I'm, I'm crazy. Dungeons and Dragons, you playing that? I don't even know all them crazy other evil games out there. The Ouija boards and all the stuff they got out there. Tarot cards and astrology and all that stuff. Mythology. Mythology. Thor. Everybody got to go get all the movies on Thor and Zeus. It's mythology. You're curious about demons. You think it's just a movie. It's not just a movie. It is to move you. It is to make an impression on you and your life. You can hate me all you want to, but you're going to hear the truth tonight. See, you want to know why you're, you're, you're berserking your mind and can't ever have peace? Because you've opened the door to devils. I don't know why. I can't sleep at night. I have all these crazy dreams. What, what are you watching? What are you doing? You've opened the door to demons. Feel like demons torture me all night. Yes. 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 Curious arts. Busy bodies. So you're all in everybody else's stuff. Curious arts. So they put on. Oh, look, they got stones, and they got, well, I'm going to check out the stones. I, I know I serve Jesus Christ, but I heard about these stones over here. So I'm going to go check out these stones, too. And they, oh, they, beads. Oh, they, I'm going to check out the beads. They got beads over here, and they hold this church, and they doing yoga, and we're going to check that out. This all, all this, you're just, you're a busybody. Instead of keeping your nose in the word of God and praying and spending time with God, you busy checking out. I'm going to check out what, what is that religion saying? What is, they, what are they saying? No, 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 what, curious. Give me that same translation, please, in the, um, give me the Living Bible. Living Bible. Let's look at the Living Bible. Let's see if the Living Bible is easier on us. That's, it'll probably be easier. Living Bible will take it easier. This one. Look at the Living Bible. Many of the believers who have been practicing black magic confessed their deeds and brought their incantation books and charms. Oh, charms. Oh, it adds charms. So the little evil eyes and the little unks and the little, the little beads and the little crystals we have to get my healing. And then trying to line my chakra and I got to get my zen right in my house. And I put the little things in my house. You've got your little charms. My little candles and my little incense. What about, I was talking about incense. No, for us, our incense is called worship. Our incense, according to Revelation, is, is worship. Not you lighting some candle. You ain't got to smudge God. Smudging and inviting demons right into your house. I'm not, I'm not talking about y'all. There's people watching online and need to hear this word tonight. All the little... In 
incantation books, all the little charms, the little trinkets we got. I don't care if that was something special to you when you were AKA or a Delta. Get rid of that mess now. You ain't in that mess no more. You a hood fool. You better get rid of that fool, fool stuff. You were bowing down to demons at your little altars, at your little, doing your little pledge. You were bowing to demons. I don't know why them devils still, because you are still open. You better close the door and renounce everything the devil ever had you do and say. Still got, still got my mason stands, my mason hands. Shake. You better get out of that foolishness. Oh, my daddy was a 30th degree. Your daddy was a 30th degree sinner. On his way to a devil's hell. We got preachers around here doing this foolishness. Blind leading the blind. Everybody falling into the same ditch. Pastors drinking, pastors got to get therapy. And the people drinking got to get therapy. Why? Because they got demons all over. Is this sweet lips deep? No, how many is sweet lips? That's the truth. All right, now, so we're talking about possession here. Now, the devil cannot possess a believer but he can still control the mind. The devil cannot possess a believer, but he can still control the mind. That's what it means to be carnally minded. So the things I'm talking about here, if we don't fix these things, he may not fill us anymore as if we're spirit-filled. I said as if we're spirit-filled, because if we're not spirit-filled, we got an empty house, the devil is going to find a way back in there. Okay, but if we're spirit-filled, he cannot re-enter the house, but he can control the mind. Y'all got this here. How do he do that? Here's the two things that believers deal with. Number one, oppression. I was about to say oppression. Oppression, 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 oppression. Here's a scripture, Isaiah 54, verse 14. Hallelujah, man. I didn't mean to spend that long on that one little thing there. In righteousness, you shall be established. Established, stable, stabilized. We see the words established, think stabilized. Okay? Now, let, let, me, let, me, let me tell you what oppression comes from, first of all. Let me, let me tell you what it comes from, then I'll go back to the scripture. Oppression comes from the fear caused by heavy satanic pressure or resistance. This is, this is worth recording here. Good thing this isn't going to be online. Oppression comes from the fear caused by heavy satanic pressure or resistance. It's not just the pressure or resistance. It's the fear that it causes. When Satan's trying to oppress you, he's bringing pressure He's bringing resistance. That's why I told you that if you're a believer, you have been oppressed. If you are a believer, you have been oppressed. If you've not been oppressed, you're not a believer. Because he's our adversary. And so if you've not been oppressed, 
he's not been adversarial towards you, which means you must be on the same side he's on. <laughs> Come on, right? You're on a football field, you got offense and defense, they are opposing each other. The, the offense is trying to score, but they have these other guys on the other side of the scrimmage, uh, other side of the, of, the, of the line who's trying to uh, oppose them, bring pressure or resistance. So when you and I are moving into the things of God, we have an enemy who is bringing pressure or resistance against us. That's called oppression. And, and really what it is, it's the fear that it, that, that causes. Because oppression will cause fear. So how many of y'all now that you know what it is know I've been oppressed before? Some of y'all still ain't raised your hand. Maybe you're not born again. How many of y'all as a believer know you have been oppressed before? Where you felt the enemy coming against you. You come on, you know, I know you know it. Some of y'all, I mean, if if you if you've not gotten to the place financially where you're supposed to be yet, and you know you're doing what you're supposed to do, you're being oppressed. If you know you love your neighbor as yourself and you keep getting kicked back, you're getting oppressed. Trying to eat right, you're exercising, you're confessing your scripture and doing everything you want to do, and the devil's still coming, you're getting all these physical things, you are being oppressed. You know God's called you to ministry, and yet you're struggling your prayer life. Y'all miss it. You know God's called you to higher things, and yet you're struggling in your fasting. I'm helping you out tonight. You're being oppressed. You're trying to pray, and it's like you can't, you feel like nothing getting through. You're being oppressed in the atmosphere. Satan is coming against you in the atmosphere. He's the prince of the power of the air. You, anybody ever been to what I'm talking about? You try, I mean, you're trying to pray. And there have been times you feel like, I just can't get nothing through. Just can't get it. I don't mean I look cute little prayers now. I lay me down. This is not pretty little. My soul is not pretty little. I ain't talking about that little stuff. I'm talking about when you're trying to go in. That's why when you're trying to go in, you got to press your way. Why? Because you're being oppressed. Okay? Let me keep going here. Isaiah 54, verse 14. Isaiah 54, verse 14. You, in righteousness, you shall be established. So how do you get established? When you understand your right standing with God. In righteousness, you are established. So if you don't understand righteousness, you'll never be stable. Oh, my goodness. And most of the body of Christ has no understanding, no revelation of righteousness. That God has put you in right standing with him. The moment you got born again, he made you right. You're as right now as you'll ever be. You are not going to be more righteous next year than you are today. You are as righteous now because we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21. We've been made his righteousness. So in that righteousness, you shall be established. Now, what, here's what established means, Deke. I, I won't use you because you should play football. But if I had, let's say, maybe um, Travion. If I had Travion, uh, he's a little young guy over there. If I had Travion run up against me, he's not going to knock me down because I'm established. I, I, I get a position. I, I, I get a stance that establishes me that he might, he might kind of rock me, but I'm not going to fall because I've got an established position. 
So righteousness stabilizes me so that when I do get hit, when I do get, when I do get pressured by the enemy, I'm still standing. Somebody say, I'm still standing. Oh, I've been through, but I'm still standing. I've been attacked, but I'm still standing. I've had some warfare, but I'm still standing. I'm still here. Why? Righteousness. It's called right standing. He says, you shall be far, watch this, from oppression, for you shall not fear. So notice, what then makes the, what gives the door to oppression? Fear. 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 Fear opens the door to oppression. So when the devil wants to control your mind through oppression, he brings something to cause you to fear. Boy, this is helping 16 people. He brings fear. He brings something to make you go. (gasps) And when that happens, he says, okay. I'm going to come again. If he can get you to go again, he says, okay, I'm going to come again. If he can go three times, I don't know if it's three times. I'm just saying, if he, he knows if he keeps going and you keep going, he knows I got him. It might be three. For you should not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Okay. So let me, let me give you the, oh, man, I got to hurry. Let me, let me at least finish my introduction tonight. Here, here's the remedy. Here's the remedy. First, first John 4, 1 John 4, 18. I'm going to show you some scriptures here. I, I, I advise you, I advise you to write these down. Write these verses down because this is very important because I guarantee you if you're born again, you are going to face some oppression. Or you're going to face fear that will give rise to oppression. Giving in to oppression is up to you. You didn't catch it. Giving in to oppression is up to you. If you refuse to fear, you will not deal with oppression. Can can we just declare by faith, I refuse to fear? Say it again, I refuse to fear. I am establishing righteousness. I am the right standing of God in Christ Jesus. Now, when the devil comes and brings you some scary, scary bill or some scary report from a doctor, some scary call from a friend, you got to say, I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. I refuse to fear. See, I got to close that door on oppression. Because a devil, you know, at my house, we hate roaches. Now, we've seen a couple of roaches, and it just, it just, it, it messes my house up when we see a roach. That just... I know some of y'all might be used to them and just, you know, you can, I can live with them, you know, it's just as long as they don't bother me too much. But no, in my house, no. Listen, my house, nobody's going to sleep. Nobody's going to sleep. And, and the reality of it is you don't want to just find that roach. You want to find how is that roach getting in my house? Yes. 
I tell a story of the time my wife and I had in our old house, we had a mouse, uh, a mouse family, like a little Disney World family just visited our house. Man, we didn't know what, we, we were in the, in, uh, uh, well, we were just going about, and I looked up, and there's a little, little mouse, you know, a little, little mouse, and the things are quick, zoom, and I saw her, I said, whoa, and then I looked over, and there's, there's another one, oh, wait, oh, no, oh, I strapped on, boy, I told her the story, I mean, put on my bandana, theoretically, got my vacuum cleaner out. Now, all y'all Peter people, don't be mad. Peter, SPCA people, don't be mad at me. But I got my vacuum cleaner, man, took the little thing off, got the hose, and I found him. Got him out. But I wasn't done just because I got rid of the, the mice. I had to find out how are they getting into my house. Because they weren't paying rent. They weren't paying. They're no boarders. You don't have a right to be here. Right? So don't let the devil live rent free in your head. I'm going to come over here. Don't let the devil live rent-free in your head. Evict him. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. You are bought with a price. You are not your own. You're the landlord of your tabernacle. Don't let the devil live rent-free in your head. Bothering you when you sleep, bothering you when you drive, bothering you when you're at work, bothering you eating, bothering you all the time. Don't let, don't let them live there. But once you get rid of them, you better, you better see, okay, what? How, how did he get in there? 1 John 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. Now, remember, fear opens the door for oppression, right? There is no fear in love, but perfect love does what? So if you can cast out fear, you can cast out oppression. You can't cast out fear because fear involves torment. The devil is a tormentor. He torments people through their fear. He's able to oppress through that fear. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Can I keep going here? Go to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I wish I had time to finish this other one here. But let me, let me see. Let me see if I can just finish this here on oppression. Psalm 46. Hallelujah. I'm well aware about his back in school and all that stuff. Psalm 46, verse 1. Are you there? God is our refuge. That's how I Baptist preacher. God is our refuge. And strength and very, a very present help in trouble. In trouble. Therefore, therefore, we will not fear, even in the middle of climate change. See, the devil keeps putting these terms out there for us. He keeps putting all these things out there make, trying to get us afraid that the world's about to just dissipate and we're going to lose everything. We're going to be flooded. We're going to be overcome by a hurricane every three days and all that kind of stuff. And the Bible says, even though the earth be removed, even if everything else around us dropped, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed. And the, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, we're not going to fear. A thousand may fall on our side. But it shall not come near me. Only with our eyes shall we behold and see. Come on, help me out. The reward of the wicked. Y'all getting this here. 
Verse 3, though its waters roar and be troubled, all kind of tsunami is going to happen. Though the mountains shake with its swelling, all kind of earthquakes going to happen. Selah. Selah what? Think on the fact that you're not going to fear. Why am I not going to fear? Joe, watch this. There is a river whose streams make glad, shall make glad the city of God. Now, I understand on surface we're talking about, we know the city of God meaning uh, uh, heaven and Jerusalem and so forth. But you are, you are the city of God. Oh, you got to do this. Put your hand on your chest and say, I am the city of God. So there is a river that flows. He that believes, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So there's a river that runs, flows out of you, a river of joy, a river of peace that flows out of you that makes glad the city of God. So in the situation when I should be fearful, I'm made glad. Y'all better catch that here. That's why you got to have something good on the inside. You can't be full of all the TV junk. You got to have the Word of God, the Spirit of God on the inside because the Holy Ghost is going to bring back to your remembrance everything the Lord told you. And you're not going to have time to fear because you're going to be rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. Can you see yourself there? You are the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. That means he's in the midst of you. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The darkest hour is just at the break of dawn. Did y'all know that? The darkest moment on the clock is just before the dawn. So that means when things get to be the darkest you can imagine they could be in your life, when it feels like a dark cloud is over your life, over your family, seem like nothing you're doing is working, seem like nothing you're doing is prospering, God said, here I come just before the break of day. I'm going to be there. I'm going to cause you to be glad, rejoice, and be glad. I'm your very present help in trouble. I am with you, and I'm going to make you glad, says the Lord. Verse 6, the nations raised, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. Verse 7, verse 7, this is the hallelujah scripture right here. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is. Therefore, we will not fear. He's with us. The Lord of hosts, the God of angel armies. Let them do what they do. Let them say what they say. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Let them release a new virus every week. Nothing's going to affect me. Nothing's going to hurt me. Nothing's going to take me out because the God of hosts, the Lord of hosts, he is with me. All right, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. Psalm, Psalm 56, Psalm 56. Oh, hurry up, Psalm, hurry up, get over there. Psalm 56, Psalm 56. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Say, neighbor, you don't know who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm establishing righteousness. I fear nothing. I fear no one. I'm cutting off the devil. He's having no place in my life. Hallelujah. I'm not going to put my trust in oppression. I'm going to put my trust in the living God. Psalm 56, are you there? 
Verse 1 through 4, ready, go. Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he, he what? Verse 2, my enemies would hound me, for there are many. See, that's what oppression feels like, Shante. My enemies are hounding me. The enemy is hounding you. Seem like as soon as you try to get one breath, here he comes. Seem like as soon as you get one nostril above water, here he comes, trying to push you down again. The enemy is trying to hound you all day. There are many who fight against you. You got demons all around you trying to fight you. Now watch verse 3 and 4. Whenever I am afraid. Whenever I am afraid, I know what to do. I will trust in you. I'm not going to trust in the oppression. I'm going to trust in you. Anybody, come on, tell the truth. Anybody ever been afraid? Tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth. I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. Read this last thing with me here. I will not fear. What can flesh? You're just flesh. You're just flesh. You don't know. They got a lot of influence. They just flesh. They know people in high places. You know God in the highest place. He's God most high. Ain't nobody more high than El Shaddai. Psalm 118, 6. I, I'll cut off here because I'm out of time. Psalm 118, verse 6. We all come back Sunday. Psalm 118, verse 6. No, verse 5. Verse 5. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Do you got it, Psalm 118, verse 5? Let me see your Bible. I like, I like that. Verse 5, are you there? I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord, I said the Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. I like how the King James says it. He set me in a large place. I called him in distress. Uh, give me, oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Give me uh, Psalm number 4 uh, and verse 2. I think it's Psalm verse 4 and 2. Give me Psalm verse 4 and 2. Uh, verse 1. Verse 1. Verse 1. Yeah. Hear me, 
when I call, oh God, of my right standing. You have relieved me in my distress. Okay, let me help you. Switch to the King James on, on Psalm 4 verse 1. Oh, Psalm 4 verse 1. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. I'm borrowing some extra couple of minutes. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me. That means when you are in the tightest, straightest, most difficult, when you're caught between a rock and a hard place, God says, that's when I show off. That's when I show up. That's when I show you my glory. I'll show you how big I am because I'll put my hands right there in your situation. And I'll stretch my hands out wide. And what was tight in your life, I'll bring you out into a large place. While you're in your distress. Go back to Psalm 118, verse 5. Psalm 118, verse 5. We close right here. Close right. Y'all can stand. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up because I'll keep preaching. Stand up. Psalm 118, verse 5. I will call on the name of the Lord. says, fear not man who's going to destroy the body, but fear reverence God who can destroy both the body and the soul with it. Don't let any person 
disturb your life. I don't care how they threaten you, how they come against you, they're just flesh. Well, the boss man said, that's just flesh. Are you going to throw all y'all Christians in jail? That's just flesh. Just talking. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me where would I be? Boom, 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 boom.
from our minds, from the enemy. The Bible tells us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So when the devil brings these thoughts, fearful thoughts, I'll get into Sunday anxiety. Deal with anxiety on Sunday because the other mode beyond possession and oppression is depression. And it seems like I've never seen a time like we live in now where depression is the number one sickness of the day. It's the number one thing on television. Betterhelp.com and every star you name and every athlete you name is coming out and talking about how they're depressed and have, they've made it with this what's happened they've normalized depression they've normalized depression so when we see that from the big names who look like they should have it going on we go oh okay I'm normal so depression is okay it's not okay it's Satan controlling the mind. And I refuse to let the devil control my mind. Be sober, be vigilant. Praise God. Did y'all receive that tonight? That's how we get older. Not impressed. Listen, let me pray. Father, I thank you so much for everybody who's been a part of the service. And I pray that God, all those in this house who've been battling oppression or depression, whether it's been one night or a long time, I pray that tonight. Every stronghold is pulled down. Every thought is taken captive to the obedience of Christ and that your people are ready to revenge all disobedience once their obedience is fulfilled. I pray, Father, that tonight that God, through the Word, the power that's in the Word of God, your people have received to see that they need that will transform and transfigure our minds that fear will not be able to captivate us hold us in to satanic oppression or even depression Father I know we'll deal with that on Sunday but I pray that even somebody who's battling tonight that God they will because they've been in your presence walk out of here tonight full of joy full of joy full of joy Father as a set man of this house I take authority over every life you've placed under my care I take authority over every life you've placed under my care God you are the one who cares for us so God I take all of these cares we cast them over on you because you're the one who can do something about it so Father I ask that you give my children brothers, my sisters, liberty and freedom tonight from all cares, worries, and anxiety.
pray, Father, that God, in this place, your people will begin shutting off every door to fear, every window to fear, patching every hole that's been in these buildings, God, that's allowed fear to come into our lives. Little phobias that we've entertained. Thought these little phobias were cute, but God, they opened the doors to fear. Agoraphobia, dermophobia, all the different phobias that people have. God, when fear comes in, it's going to take over the whole life. So I pray that every door is closed now. Every door is closed now. We renounce every fear. Your word says, Father, that this poor man cried unto the Lord, and you delivered us from all of our fears. So we cry to you tonight and think that you deliver us from all of our fears. In Jesus, confidence in your power. We thank you. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor for the praise of name. Amen. Put those hands together and give God a praise tonight.